Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wim Lou, speaking to you after just the first stress-free win of the season from the Toronto Raptors, uh, bouncing back after losing. Um, like, I don't want to go back over that game. You can listen to that React pod. It was uh, the first angry reaction podcast of the season. Recovering from that loss to Tyrese Maxey and the Sixers with a 139-109 to win over Atlanta. Um, yes, the Raptors pulled away in the fourth quarter. Uh, and yes, there were points in the third quarter where the Hawks were able to get it down to like four or five points. And it was like, hmm, you shouldn't see that because of the fact that the Hawks were not playing well at all. They couldn't find any advantages against the Raptors. But uh, of course, the Raptors were just able to take care of business and just, I mean, just total domination for, for stretches of this game. And I think that's the the, the last thing image that's going to stick with me from this game is like it's a bit like looking into the future a little bit now it's the question of like how far is this future but the the future being the raptors having guys who are all just (laughs) gigantic athletes up and down the floor who are pressuring the ball at all times like you have scotty barnes pressuring uh trey young 40 feet from the basket you have uh, your super long seven foot wingspan athletes jumping in every passing lane. You got OJ Anobi with five steals at halftime. Five steals at halftime. And then, as the third layer of that, you also have rim protection because you have a guy like Christian Coloco who can collect three blocks for you in 21 minutes and affect a number of plays. OG with two blocks, Pascal with two blocks. When you put those three things together, it's like looking to the future because the Raptors were just bullying this team. Like, they, they bullied the Hawks to the point where the Hawks couldn't generate anything. Hawks were a really good offensive club coming in. Now, I, I think there was a little bit of fraudulence with that just because of the fact that they had played a really weak schedule. It was like Orlando, Houston, uh, Detroit. Like, it, it, you know, it was a lot of that kind of stuff. You know, maybe they played Indiana. I don't, I don't even know. But it, it was a suspect 4-3 and three record. However, you know, or 4-2 and two record before this, um... But still, we've seen Atlanta in the years, right? Like, they're they're pretty good offensively. The, we've seen Trey Young torch the Raptors. We've seen him have some pretty big games against the Raptors. We've seen guys go off for three, and kind of none of that was happening. I mean, Trey Young in this game, 10 turnovers, a minus 29. Three of 13 shooting from the field, one of five from three. The Raptors bullied him. On both ends of the floor. That's the reason he's minus 29. Offensively, that's probably already minus 20 just based on the shooting and the turnovers. But on the other way, Gary Trent Jr., any single time he had Trey Young on him, and Trey had nobody else to guard. Who else were you going to guard in that starting lineup? Uh, he's not guarding Pascal. He's not guarding OG. He's not guarding Scotty. He's not guarding Christian Coloco. So he's got to guard Gary Trent Jr. So Gary Trent Jr. looked at him like, all right. Any single time Gary had an opportunity to drive it off a pick and roll, anything, just shoot it right over the top of Trey. Like, Trey was trying to contest, and he was getting bullied. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's my lasting impression is how dominant the Raptors looked physically for, you know, basically the end of the second quarter, uh, the second half of the third quarter, the entire fourth quarter. I mean, the bench was coming in and still dominating them. I I guess that's another story, but I'm happy for the guys who were able to come in and and get some uh, some some buckets in, um, but yeah, just just a one of those performances where you watch this game back and you're just like, wow, <laughs> it's just there's so many wow plays from this game. Um, 
I mean, first off, okay, so no Fred VanVleet in this game. Uh, he was listed as questionable with uh, lower back stiffness. And then uh, shortly before uh, the start of the game, he was announced as being out. That's not a surprise, to be honest. When they put those last-minute, like, questionables on the on the, uh, on the the scouting report or on the um, injury report, it um, feels like most most often they, they are actually going to sit out. So, so no Fred. And honestly, if he had a bad back, which probably would explain what was going on against the Sixers, because he was moving like a man with a bad back against the Sixers, um, you hold him out because there's another quick guard out there. Trey and, and, and Maxi, they play very differently. Maxi's more explosive. Um, Maxi's more looking to score rather than uh, facilitate. But at the same time, you know, both super quick, shifty guards, like two of the quickest guards in the league. So, I mean, you know, you don't have your guard with a bad back out there that probably helps um but that that was going to create a situation for the raptors where it's like okay so who are you going to use to guard trey right because the rest of the positions raptors can probably handle but it's a real question of who's going to guard trey and so scotty got this job now scotty is way bigger than trey trey's probably like six two maybe six one like 170 pounds like really small really quick right obviously everyone knows who's trey young is scotty's way bigger Scotty probably is like, I would say like 50, 60 pounds heavier than him easily. Um, and obviously he's, he's uh, taller and longer. So, you know, you would think, well, maybe there's a bit of a quickness disadvantage. Not so much. Scotty really stayed in front of Trey like the whole game. Like we're talking about like Trey's again, like Trey's 45 feet from the basket. Just bring the ball up half and Scotty's on him. And on him. And and you can see the turnovers. Ten turnovers in this game. And the way they were contesting Trey as well, pushing him off the three-point line, you know, getting him inside the arc where obviously, you know, he could be a little crafty with his the way he can draw free throws. You know, he's very smart about, like, jumping into a guy and stuff like that. But at the same time, like, whew, man, the Raptors, they just contained him. And they made him play in a crowd. They showed him length. Took away the pull-up threes, you know, effectively switched when they uh, needed to because a lot of times, you know, the Hawks like to, you know, put Trey in a 1-5 pick and roll, right? Trey getting Clint Capella coming up to set the screen or Trey coming up and getting, um, you know, Onyeka Okongwu to come set the screen. Okay, that's great. Scotty as a 6-9 guard at that point can just switch off and guard those centers. And then they can bring in another guy who can effectively guard Trey. And to be honest, when you're talking about guys who are guarding Trey, it wasn't just Scotty. It was also, you know, Gary got a few chances at it, but OG had a few chances. Pascal had a few chances. Uh, Precious had a few chances. Even Christian Coloco did okay in, in those matchups, right? So uh, they were really able to frustrate the Hawks. I mean, they really didn't know where to go with the ball a lot of the time. And then on top of that, the second question is, okay, so Fred's not going to start. Who's going to start for you? The Raptors started Christian Coloco, which, I mean, it's a huge vote of confidence from Nick Nurse saying to to his, uh, his rookie, listen, uh, I know earlier in this day you were in Mississauga getting a 905 media day photos taken in yeah you're not playing for the 905 man we need you we need you to start tonight's game i don't know how many players have taken the 905 or their their g league photos and then on the same day started for the nba club for that team that that that's got to be a little rare but in any case christian came in and gave great minutes uh really protected the basket and like i mentioned like the, the formula for this game i mean it's kind of like exactly the way nick likes to play right it's pressure on the ball it's arms in the passing lane, and then it's also rotations with shot blockers at the basket. The number of times the Raptors ended possessions where, like, Chris Boucher would come over and swat a guy, or, like, Christian Coloco would come over and swat a guy, or, like, 
you know, OG was just everywhere defensively. He's really locked into his role the last couple of games here. I've really enjoyed watching him. Only thing that stopped him today was foul trouble at the very end there where, I don't know, the, the, the Raptors were going for like five fouls in the first two minutes of the fourth quarter. I, it didn't really matter. And, and the Raptors, by the way, did get like 15 more free throws than the Hawks. But in any case, um, yeah, just bruising defensively for the Raptors. And to the point where the camera pan over to Nick. And I think this is the first time I've seen Nick smile this season. You know, Nick was like grinning on the bench. I don't know if someone, like, I don't know if like Adrian Griffin told him a great joke or something or, um, <laughs> I don't know, man. But like, it's, yeah, you could you could tell he was satisfied with the effort. And of course, when you play all that defense, all that's going to do is put you on the break. And the Raptors today, man, <laughs> like, I think at one point the, the broadcast, the Sportsnet broadcast, at one point they put up the stats. And it was like, uh, the Raptors are outscoring the Hawks 36 to 8 in transition. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, that, that's cool. That's cool. So the final tally, the Raptors had 43 fast break points to 10 for Atlanta. <laughs> and that's the thing, too, is like, I always, I always think about the advantages that you have when you have this, um, the, the little subtle size advantages, right? Because when you have all your guys are 6'9", obviously, um, when you're running back the other way, you have some uh, mismatches. But especially if you have some of your bigger players uh, out on the perimeter at the time the shot goes up, if you secure the defensive rebound, which the Raptors did a great job of uh, limiting the Hawks to only 7 today, even though the Hawks were you know, missing a fair bit quite a, uh, as well. But when... Uh, you get the rebound, or when the shot goes up and you have your big guys on the perimeter, they're almost always running it against the opposing guards, right? Just think about it. Like, let's say Trey Young comes off a pick and roll, switch, I don't know, Pascal's on him, uh, you know, Pascal stays in front of him, you know, Trey goes for the pull-up three, he misses it, and then Christian Coloco, you know, skies for the rebound, or Scotty Barnes skies for the rebound. Well, guess what? Pascal Siakam at that point in the moment is now running the floor against Trey Young or like uh, OG's running the floor against, you know, who's out there for them? DeJounte Murray, you know what I mean? Like, it's just so many opportunities like that where the Raptors are able to just get, like, easy opportunities in transition just based off of the size mismatches. That's something they did a lot last couple of years as well, but especially this year, they're really emphasizing it. No more take fouls really does help in that front too because, again, obviously the Raptors are very deadly in transition and, and honestly, when you when you think back on this game, yes, the Raptors had 43 points in the fast break. There were also lots of, lots of opportunities where they, they blew them up themselves. Like, the Raptors had a four-on-one fast break and somehow didn't score, you know? So I think they can get even better on that front. But the point is that when you play that level of disruptive defense, when you pressure the opposing team to such a degree in which they are just completely flustered, um, you have possessions where their best shot creators in Trey Young, obviously Trey couldn't get it going. So it was like, okay, give it to Murray. Murray was on the perimeter. He, he got like pressures a chew on him. You know, gets a screen, gets OG on him, doesn't go anywhere. Gets another screen, gets pressures back on him. And then he tries to drive into the corner, air ball for three. Like it's it's that kind of stuff where like they don't know where to go with some of their guys. If it wasn't for like, I don't know, like uh, DeAndre Hunter knocking down three threes at the start of the third quarter, and it's like, oh, maybe a little bit of life or like Clint Capella finishing one or two layups around the basket when he's got a really deep catch. Like, they had nowhere to go offensively. And so, you know, that's the part for the Raptors where it was like, wow, like this, this is a, a peek into the future. Like this is what the Division 6-9 thing looks like. And it's not just Vision 6-9 because I think you're missing the key element. You need some rim protection because it is something that Nick has always said, but um, the Raptors do want to add some more rim protection because that will allow them to be even more aggressive on the perimeter. Because now if you don't get the pass or if you don't get the steal and pick off the pass, 
and the guy drives towards the basket, you know, you saw someone there to make up for your mistake. For example, Christian Coloco, start the fourth quarter. Hawks try to make a pass to the wing. Christian tried to jump the passing lane, doesn't get it. His man is able to spin and turn into the uh, and go downhill. I think it was uh, Okongwu. He tries to go for the dunk, but guess what? Chris Boucher is right there with a layer help defense and swats him and sends him to the ground. Like, that's the kind of stuff where it's like, okay, typically it'll actually be Christian Coloco coming over to, to, to rotate and, and erasing mistakes, but um, you have that kind of pressure. And, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it's just. This is just one of the most physically dominant performances I've seen in the Raptors. It wasn't even like the execution was, like, so good. Like, there were honestly lots of breakdowns defensively in the first half where Atlanta was able to get free, you know. Like, um, some of their small guards were able to get into the lane, which really shouldn't be happening all that much. Um, you know, but, you know, then again, Murray is a really good driver. He's very athletic. He's very quick. You know, Trey, obviously, he can do his thing, although tonight he really couldn't do much. So there were breakdowns. However, there were just genuine moments and stretches where, like, the Hawks couldn't get anything. Like, the end of the third quarter, the Hawks didn't score for, like, a four-and-a-half-minute stretch until finally Capella gets a, a deep seal against uh, Scotty Barnes and is able to turn and go off for the layup. Like, okay, that's cool, but it, it, the Raptors just ran them out of the gym. And it, it was up and down the roster. I mean, guys were all really, really performing their roles well. And I think in terms of the highlights and thinking about the the, the special plays in this game, Obviously, you got to start with Scotty Barnes playing the point, coming in. So 21 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists, a steal, two turnovers, right? The two turnovers were both uh, plays where he drove baseline and left his feet for the jump pass. You know, those are things that you can erase. Those are things that it wasn't like a sloppiness thing. He just made a bad read in that situation. You know, it's got to stand your feet. But for the most part, very, very efficient with the ball. Very, very efficient when he had an opportunity to score, too. And I love the aggressiveness that he came out of the game with. Because, look, Fred's not there. You're going to have a drop in three-point shooting, right? You're definitely going to have a drop in three-point shooting, especially at the point guard position, uh, going from Fred to Scotty. Except Scotty's like, okay, I'm going to take one of the first shots Scotty took, maybe the first shot he took, was a step-back three, dribble between, behind his legs, step-back uh, for the three because his defender is sort of sagging off of him, shoots over the top of him. Right then, he has uh, a catch and shoot three in transition. Then he has another catch and shoot three. At that point, he's taking heat checks. This is all the first quarter. Scotty Barnes is knocking down three threes in the first quarter. All right, that's special. That's really, really special because I, I, I mean, if he ever masters that shot again, this is a peek into the future kind of game. Scotty Barnes masters that shot. Don't know how teams are going to guard him, man. I really, really don't know, especially as a point guard. You really need that opportunity, that that shot to keep sort of defenders honest. And then the other kind of highlight plays from Scotty running the point. I mean, you know, the, your standard look away pass or no look pass, right? You know, Scotty with back to back of those. Um, we're talking about opportunities where he runs the pick and roll with Christian Coloco, right? It's because they're the one and the five today, even though they're Scotty's six nine and Christian's seven one. Oh man, the size on the floor was was just uh, overwhelming. But um, yeah, Scotty gets the screen from Christian. The Hawks are trapping Scotty because he's shooting the three so well, and they're trying to like you know, make others make plays. And Scotty handles the pressure, absorbs it, and then throws like a hook pass over top of the double team to Christian Coloco, who's able to catch the ball high, keep the ball high, dunk the ball high. You know, there were a couple opportunities there where Christian got blocked at the basket. And so, you know, that's some things that he got to work on uh, a little bit more just to the finishing around the hoop. But I I love these these pick and rolls with Scotty and Christian. And, you know, this is something I didn't even mention, but a few games ago there was a play where I think it was against the Sixers maybe. Scotty drove baseline uh, with Coloco rolling, and and Scotty's, like, basically falling out of bounds. 
and he throws the hook pass, uh, ac- you know, basically along the, you know, the, 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 the line for the free throw. And Christian was able to catch it and, and finish it at the basket there. So it was like, whoa, th- that really, really high pick and roll that really you can only s- throw if you are like a gigantic ball handler like 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 Scotty is. Like that's that's a dimension of the game. When you're talking about a play where you're running pick and roll and you're throwing a pass and the ball from the time the pass is thrown to the, the time this bus- basket is scored, ball is never going lower than nine feet. A lot of guys are even going to reach that, that that ball, right? So... That was kind of exhilarating to watch. Honestly, the whole Scotty Barnes experience. He, he finished the night with a pull-up three, right? The benches were already clearing. You know, you saw, um, you know, Champagny. You saw uh, Delano. You saw Malachi, Wancho. All those guys coming to the bench, and, and they're about to check in on the next stop. And so Scotty's like, all right, it's time for me to cash another three. Does another pull-up three. I mean, just uh, wow. Like, again, this is a look-into-the-future type of game. Scotty was dominant. He went up against Trey Young, genuinely one of the best point guards in the NBA, period. And he, and, and this is Scotty occasionally playing the point guard position here, obviously, because he doesn't regularly play it. And he comes in and just dominates this matchup. I mean, I'm talking about both ways, too. Defensively, what he did to Trey was really, really impressive. Like, whew, you know, like it, it's 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 genuinely one of those games where you got to go back and watch the highlights. It, the highlights are, are, are even better than the numbers sound. But, I mean, other guys really looking... Uh, sensational OG Anobi with six steals, two blocks in this game, uh, 14 points, six rebounds, three assists. I mean, he just did a lot of stuff well. The three assists, a lot of that was interior passing for OG. Uh, you know, I think the only thing with OG is he was playing so hard defensively, he was starting to like lose his legs just a tad on the threes. A lot of those were short, uh, but who cares about that? I mean, defensively, he was just so disruptive, right? Like the way he just bodied guys, like there was a play where Hunter. Who I I don't think he's a bad ball handler. I think he's just a regular NBA wing who can you know handle the ball a little bit and whatever, be calm under pressure. Oh yeah, Novi was on this guy, poked the ball free the first time. Hunter was able to at least get the loose ball, try to make another move. OG just like he didn't even poke the ball. He OG just left his arm out, and Hunter just dribbled the ball into his path and then lost the ball again. And OG said we got on transition. I mean. He, he, again, just bully ball, straight bully ball from the Raptors up and down the roster. And, um, yeah, I mean, there, there were a couple of, like, you know, under control drives from OG. That's something where after the first three games, he's been a lot better. He's had a lot fewer turnovers on drives. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it's just him playing off the rest of the guys. You know, a put back here, a transition here, chase down block here, steal on a run out here. Like, OG's just making all the little plays in between that's really connecting the team. I think it just fits his role better. Honestly, like the the times where he forces his offense, like it, it's, you know, it, it's fine. It's understandable because the rest of the team, you know, he does so much for the rest of the team defensively. But the more OG sacrifices offensively, it does seem like the more he's able to put towards his defense. And 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 this is a sensational performance, man. Six deals, two blocks is just outrageous stuff from him. Um, Obviously, Pascal just playing great all the time now. Like, not not a single turnover for Pascal. You might think, well, spacing is bad. Doesn't matter, man. Pascal doesn't even need space. Pascal sees the space, invites the space, attacks the space, draws a double team, and feeds it to, like, Christian Coloco for a layup. Feeds it to Gary Trent for a three. Like, the way Pascal has just connected the team offensively, it, it's it's like they give him the ball each single time, and he gets an advantage. Even though he didn't score the most efficiently tonight, 8 of 21, so many of those were great looks that he just came just short. But it wasn't like the defense affected him. He was able to go up, up and down, wasn't looking for the foul, nothing like that. And he just looked unstoppable. 
against the Hawks team that should give him some trouble. I mean, look, I know Pascal's played well against the Hawks traditionally over the years, but when you look at the lineup, you know, John Collins is a pretty solid defender for forward. Uh, Hunter is a pretty solid defender. I mean, that's that's what he's there to do. He's supposed to be your OG clone, although not a single steal or block from the OG clone. That's uh, that's that doesn't look like OG to be honest. Uh, but Clint Capella and uh, you know Onyeka Onkongwu, so like pretty decent rim protection. They're playing a lot of drop coverage, so they have their bigs back. Usually, the Raptors don't have a spacing big tonight, so they got a lot of bigs in the paint. And Pascal's just faking these guys out and getting to his shot, and getting to his spots unbothered. Getting to the free throw line, 16 free throw attempts, a lot of those in transition as well. The way Pascal's running the break, it's like four or five assists for Pascal just on the break alone each, each every night. Whether it's like, you know, it's just him finding people making the right decisions. It, it's it's time after time after time. And yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's, he gets MVP chance by the crowd at the end of it, he fully deserves it. You know, like that's the kind of game where, you just got to show respect because it, it's he played really hard. And it's not to say that this was easy by any means, but you never saw Pascal pressed even once. You know, he wasn't angry. He, he wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't, uh, you know, flailing. He wasn't searching for his offense. It was easy. Everything was coming easy for him. I mean, there were plays where, and this happened, this happened a few times now this season, um, where the Raptors would get the ball uh, on a baseline inbound. And Pascal will set a screen, then for a shooter, let's say Gary, set a screen for Gary, then Gary will set the back pick for Pascal, and then Pascal will flare out to the three-point line. The inbound pass will go straight to Pascal, Pascal will just shoot a no hesitation from three. Since when is Pascal doing catch-and-shoot threes on the move now? And he's making those pretty con- at a pretty decent rate so far. Like, this is the third time, at least, that I've seen him make that play off the baseline inbound. They used to run that play basically for Fred, basically for 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 Gary, like, those are pretty bread-and-butter plays for them. That and the little hammer pl- pass, you know. But, um, yeah, Pascal's not taking a turn and talking down those threes. He's two of three from three tonight. You know, he's knocking down his jumpers, getting to the, the basket, playing pretty good defense. I would only say with Pascal is just, I think sometimes in the back of his mind, he's worried about the foul trouble because I think I see Pascal having the energy and the willingness to play defense. But when you see him saddled with like an early foul in the first quarter. So you don't want to pick up your second because you don't want to come out or like he's got two fouls, you know, midway through the second quarter and he doesn't want to pick up his third or like he's got four fouls and he just doesn't really want to be in, in jeopardy of fouling out. You do see the defensive intensity drop, which makes sense to some degree. It's probably smart for your, your main guy who's in a tiny bit of foul trouble or foul trouble adjacent to not press too hard defensively. However, there is a way for him to still be engaged defensively where he's still being physical, but just with his hands up. The only thing with Pascal is, you know, I don't think he should play any differently. He should just not reach. Just keep the hands back as much, as much, as much as possible because he's got the length and the quickness to stay with most guys. But these are small critiques in a game where he win by 30. And Pascal's a plus 30, you know, and he was like the main driving force in the third quarter, the main driving force in the fourth quarter. It's just easy for him. Like It's to the point where he's like, you know, he's at an and one coming out of the timeout. He misses the free throw, and then next time down, he makes sure to get to the free throw line against, admittedly, the Hawks have the third stringers on at this point, but um, Pascal makes sure to get to the free throw line, knocks down both just to make sure he gets over 30 mark. He's making extra passes just to try to get the triple-double again. Like, I mean, maybe that's just the level of competition tonight, but, man, it, it's, it also speaks to, like, the confidence and the level of control that Pascal has right now. It's The one-on-one game is lethal. Guys keep doubling him, and there's even a where, like, the Raptors, for example, will run Pascal and Gary 
with like three bench guys, right? Let's say it's like in this case, Coloco and Boucher and Precious. You're thinking to yourself, it's not a lot of spacing. Guess what? The Raptors just cut the court in half. Pascal's going to play a two man game with Gary on the left side of the floor. The other three guys are going to essentially be on the edge of the paint and just ready to come over and uh, and and, and uh, crash the glass. Now you might say, well, in that case, shouldn't the the Hawks or the opposing team or whatever shouldn't they just play? Uh, send a third defender and have two defenders zone up the Raptors three defenders I do agree that that probably should be what happens and maybe we'll see that adjustment moving forward uh, the, the typical adjustment has been to play zone against the Raptors I don't know why the Hawks didn't do it um, if you had a scouting staff you probably could have seen Raptors Sixers where Doc Rivers played zone very effectively against the Raptors I don't know why the Hawks didn't play zone for so much of this game but in any case um, you know but you could probably see that kind of counter coming eventually but the Raptors are just being smart. They're splitting the floor, and then, you know, Pascal drives. Uh, he's drawing two defenders. The closest defender is usually Gary's guy. Gary, they, they slide over one, you know, one step too far, and Pascal just throws a kickout pass to Gary. Like, the offense is just so smooth and easy with these guys. And then, on top of that, you get great production off your bench, right? You got Precious Chua coming in with 18 minutes, doing all the right things. Defensively, you know, keeping his man in front, uh, contesting shots, rebounding the ball when he needed to. Uh, but offensively taking the smart shots. And that's not to say he should only take three shots in 18 minutes, uh, but he did get to the free throw line six times. A lot of that was in transition. All that was off of cuts. But, you know, even smart plays where the, the ball kicks out the Precious, he pump fakes for three, draws the defender one step closer to him, drives past him. I mean, Precious has, like, electric athleticism, man. When he can put that ball on the floor, especially attacking a defender in rotation, he's so, he's very, very quick and very, very strong at the same time. Uh, and then he's able to sort of, um, you know, go in for the, the the very, very calm layup off a cut. That just shows some pretty good awareness offensively on Precious. And uh, that's the thing, too, is just his ability is really good. It's just about um, getting him to recognize where the advantages are each time and trying to outthink the defender, in addition to the fact that he can overwhelm guys. Because, like, we know that he can overwhelm guys. He's, like, one of the genuinely Precious is, like, He's got to be a top 30 NBA athlete. And obviously, the, the NBA has tremendous athletes, you know, across the board, right? Basically, everyone except for, like, Georges Niang and, like, I don't even know. Patty Mills? Is Patty Mills an athlete? I don't know. But, like, or I guess Frank Kaminsky was on the, the, the Hawks. So, let's say Frank Kaminsky. Okay, sorry, Patty. Um, but Precious is genuinely, like, game-changing athletic. But it's just, like, can you make the right reads and just outthink the defender a little bit? To give yourself that advantage where you can really put that on display. And I thought he did that uh, a great job of it. Chris Boucher is another guy who is like super athletic in a different way. More like in a long, wiry, super tall, but also tireless. Because usually seven-footers get tired and you don't see the activity being as high as it is with Chris. Uh, but yeah, Chris is just making plays a around everybody. You know, first play of the game, he comes in, pick and pop three with Malachi Flynn. Knocks it down. Like he literally checked in the game like 10 seconds and he's already got a three, right? Getting in for the offensive glass. It's a play where he got the offensive glass twice in the same play, and he got the putback on that opportunity. The steals, right? You know, he's uh, he's jumping the passing lane, keeping the ball alive. The Raptors get on the fast break for, like, one of the two dozen times they did it. I'm not even kidding. Uh, Boucher coming over for the help side block. Like, he literally had a little bit of everything. 11 points, three rebounds, an assist, two steals, a block, four or six from the, the field, knocked down a three, two or two from the free throw line. You know, when you get that kind of production from your bench, those two guys in particular – game's over the game's a wrap like you know we, we saw everybody playing this game everybody except Thad Young which is still a little strange I'm not gonna lie to you um I guess you wouldn't really play a vet in a blowout like this and obviously everything was working well so I'm not saying anything about the way Nick chose to coach this game clearly it worked really really well 
Um, but in any case, you you saw pretty much everybody come off the bench. You know, Wancho comes in off the bench, uh, you know, gets you a block, gets you an assist. Justin Champagne comes in, grabs some rebounds, you know, make a you know a little back cut. Uh, off of the Lano drive, nice bounce pass. The two of those clearly worked on that in the 905. Timing was great there for the, the layup. Driving against the grain gets to the opposite side of the floor, opposite side of the rim for a layup for Champagne on the drive. Kem Birch coming in for nine. By the way, Kem, shout out to Kem. Great, great Kem minutes tonight, man. Nine minutes, I mean, they won't get as many headlines as some of the other guys, but knock down a corner three, which is really nice to see. Um, I think there was like a, still a one or two possession game at that point in the first half. Uh, Christian had picked up some early foul trouble. So, you know, Cam had to come in a little bit. The Raptors opted to stay big there with Cam in the middle. And, you know, there was an opportunity where it's like, okay, well, maybe that's an opportunity for the Hawks to attack somebody, uh, uh, especially in pick and roll. Teams really like putting Cam in the pick and roll, and he does struggle with that. Um, but, you know, he's able to knock down a corner three after he got put in the pick and roll where his man uh, Hunter was able to pop out for three and, and Kem was just a, a beat late in terms of closing out to him on the three point line. But Kem was able to get it right back with a catch shoot corner three. And the reason I'm mentioning this so many times is because literally every single time I go down to practice, which by the way, almost always is for an exclusive interview these days. So salute to Raptors PR. It was very, very helpful. We, we, we talked to Christian Coloco this weekend as well. So, you know, um, listen to that interview, but, um, Every time we go to practice and the door is open, right? It's a, you know, practice is over when, when the doors are open, right? And so after that, it's just whatever guys want to work on. And you see, you know, tons of guys, uh, every, basically everyone's working after practice, right? Either they're either getting extra shots up or they're in the very back getting, you know, another lift in or, you know, they're getting cold tub, ice tub, hot tub massages. You know, basically everyone's, again, this is, being an athlete a, is, is, is very, very involved in terms of uh, your timing. But Every time you come in, Kem is always working on the corner threes. And I'm always thinking, like, man, when are you going to take that corner three? Because he's knocking those down with at a really high clip. Uh, and that's not me trying to tell you that, like, Kem's some sort of great corner shooter just based on corner practice. But it's very clear to me, at least, that he can shoot it. So it's nice to see him actually come in and do it. It's got to be nicely rewarding for him. It's probably, like, you probably do a thousand reps for each make that you actually end up doing. So, um you know, good for him on that front. But the the, the activity defensively, um, getting his hands in the passing lanes, he probably forced two of uh, Trey's steals or Trey's turnovers there with his two steals, you know, got in the offensive glass and just did his role really well, set some good screens, got fouled, knocked down two free throws. Like, you know, everyone played well. Malachi came in, uh, was able to hit a reverse layup at the very end there, and then Nick took him out immediately. I guess he wanted to get some of the other guys some run, um, but uh, – yeah, I mean, even the other guys come in and Delano making a hard move to the basket, scoring. Um, Jeff Dowden, you know, pure buckets, stringing his guy out on the perimeter, getting using the quickness to either get to the cup or uh, stop on a dime, pull up from the mid-range. So it's one of those games where everyone can feel really, really great about how I went. And uh, it's going to be hard to pick the stars. Like, <laughs> the guys are all really good. Um, I, I think to me, like the, the biggest star of the game is just the defensive effort. Like I, again, like I haven't seen Nick smile like all year. So it's nice to see that, uh, you know, he could really enjoy, um, he can really enjoy sort of his concepts coming to life in full form because again, the Hawks just had nowhere to go. Like they were like, I don't know. They probably needed like a 40 second shot clock to get some shots off in some of these possessions because the way the Raptors were able to swarm them. But um, yeah, in terms of your three stars individually, uh, obviously Pascal's getting your first star, 31 points, 12 rebounds, six assists, uh, 16 free throw attempts. That's got to be a career high. 
uh, 13 free throw attempts. I think that's tied for a career high. Makes, um, yeah, I mean, just dominate every aspect. You know, it's, it's funny with Pascal because you're seeing a couple of extra things from him. Like t- today, what was interesting to me was um, twice he was able to go quick on the baseline, a little sneaky quick baseline drive, and then going for like the, you know, the, the quick scoop layup. You see that a lot from guards, especially shifty guards. Let's say Maxi, for example. Maxi would probably do something like that. Although Maxi probably throw up the floater instead. I, to me, I don't want to talk about Maxi anymore. That guy's that guy's a bummer <laughs> from a Raptor fan. That guy's a bummer. But let let's say like you know uh, guards. Will, well, let's say Trey, for example, will go in for that where uh, uh, you know they're on the the sideline and they're attacking and they're they they make a quick drive. The the defender's probably playing. Um, to sort of prevent middle there and uh, counting on their length to be able to come back and close out uh, against the layup, but you kind of go in for that little quick scoop layup. Pascal did that twice today. Uh, he, I think he did it once to John Collins, and then he did another time to Hunter. And, I mean, just for a guy who's 6'9", who, ha- who has a 7-foot-plus wingspan, and he has quickness, and he has the handle nowadays, that's not fair, man. I mean, look, it's normal for guards to do that because guards are quick, you know, just quicker than bigger guys, just physically, but... For Pascal to be able to do that move as well just shows, uh, I don't know, shows how unfair he is so far this season. He's uh, he's him. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. He's him, man. All right. Um, your second star from tonight's game, I'm going to give that to, it's hard to say this one. To be honest, they're both second stars to me, but I'm going to give it to Scotty for the second star. Comes in that point guard position, locks down Trey Young. Knocks down five threes, including three in the first quarter to completely jumble the Hawks game plan, right? Reminded me of that first game against uh, Philly where Pascal came in and knocked down four threes. It was like, oh, damn, what do we do? Because our game plan was to sort of sit back off of him. If we got to press up on him, it's going to change everything. And that's exactly what happened, man. Like, Scotty Barnes getting blitz above the three-point line, and he's just feeding Coloco for dunks. You know, that's so beautiful to me. You're trying to blitz a 6'9 guy on the perimeter? He can just see over the top. You know, like, listen... Not to bring in negative memories, but I've seen Raptors, I've seen Raptors Cavs playoff series, Raptors doubling, you know, LeBron. I mean, that's the same that Scotty's LeBron, but the idea is that you double a guy who's six nine on the wing like that. He's just gonna be like, all right, that's cool. I'm gonna pass it over the top, and uh, yeah, you're done. So, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, look in the future kind of game for Scotty, man. Twenty one point seven rebounds, eight assists, looking easy, you know. And, and it's not to say he couldn't go to the basket either. You know, there's a play where five seconds off in the shot clock, Scotty's got the ball, brings it back out to the three. He has Hunter on him. And Hunter's, by the way, it's like the Hawks' best defender, right? Scotty goes in the dribble package, shifts uh, Hunter to the side a little bit, creates the lane for himself to, to, to drive into it. The help defender comes over, and Hunter, you know, uh, is chasing from behind. Scotty has the strength to not only hold off Hunter, who's coming in from behind, but literally, like, hold him off. Like, he's so strong where Hunter was trying to get back into play, was going to get back into play. Scotty's just, like, seals him with the, the left side of his body and with the right side before the shot block is able to come out and completely close the space. Scotty's able to take the bump from behind on the left side of the floor, seal his man so that he couldn't actually get to blocking the shot. And then Scotty's able to bank the shot with his right hand over top of the help defender coming over for the N1. You know how special that is? That, that I mean... Damn, you know, so this is one of those games where you have to watch the highlights. I'm telling you, it, it's cooler than 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 just me describing it. It's cooler than me saying 21, 7, and 8. You got to go watch the tape. It was nice. And then your third star, OJ Anobi. I mean, they could have gone a lot of ways with this. Gary was awesome as well. The, definitely attacking Trey offensively was really important. Um, but, I mean, 
OG's defense in this one, just so disruptive, man. Like he's getting on the floor multiple times. He's he's just looking great um, on that end. And I just love when he embraces his role. 14 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 6 steals, 2 blocks. You know, I, I know OG's probably thinking about the next deal, just like everybody in the NBA. By the way, everybody in the NBA is thinking about the next deal. Probably the only guy that's not thinking about the next deal is like Udonis Haslam or something. You know, like... Uh, and of course, you know, you make that jump offensively, you definitely get the bag, but you play defense the way OG plays defense, you're getting the bag. People will pay good money for this type of aggressive defending where you're just blowing up half their possessions, you know? So, and of course the three point shooting is there for him. The transition opportunity is there for him. I mean, I, I, I yeah, it's just a great performance from OG, but honestly, a lot of great performance up and down the roster, you know, a lot of guys really deserve a lot of love. Even Christian, you know, as a rookie, Coming in, you know, made a whole bunch of big plays. There's a stretch where where he blocked. He blew up the same play twice, both at the rim, off of pick and rolls where the Hawks were trying to get, you know, downhill with another guy coming over. Um, And I'm trying to buy a little time. So this is second quarter, right? Um, Yeah, so Coloco gambles, uh, jumping out at Murray. But he's able to, so Murray gets to step on him, right? Because, uh, you know, Coloco thought he might take a three, so he closed out hard. Murray turns down the three, drives, and has his, like, hips past Coloco. And Murray's got long arms, very quick, all-star guard. Drives to the basket, tries to go in for that quick layup. Coloco swats him, meets him at the basket. So it's very hard for Big to do that because you're able, you you need to essentially flip your hips and then close out uh without actually having much momentum at all because your momentum is literally going the other way and he's still able to come back and close out and block the shot that's so impressive man and then the next play off down the hawks try to throw a lob because they got a two-on-one in fast uh, in transition or off the pick and roll and uh coloco is able to pick off the pass break up the pass from i think from trey trying to lob it up so it's just so disruptive there's a couple plays where i thought the hawks were actually able to get the uh, opportunity at the basket around Coloco by throwing bounce passes. So he probably needs to position himself just a little bit better to sort of close off that angle, uh, that window for the pass. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he did great. He really did great. So uh, those are your three stars, Pascal, Scotty, OG. Uh, your Gerald Henderson Award winner. I mean, it's going to be hard to find one, man. Um, I don't know who was in who, who impressed me off the Hawks bench today? You know who's getting this? You know who's getting this? Vit Krejci. That's right. Not a not somehow not a center for the uh, Boston Bruins, but uh, Vit Krejci here um, knocked down a, a jumper as soon as he came in, so he's getting this from me. I, my point is that nobody on the Hawks was looking that impressive to me based on the way that the Raptors were playing them. So, yeah, it's too bad. Um, you know, the Raptors also really locked down AJ Griffin. I love the big storyline coming in this game. Obviously, Griffin, his son, you know, it's a very sweet moment. But, you know, listen, AJ Griffin was scoring like the uh, Adrian Griffin in this game. So that's for the, the, the true hoop heads out there who remember what Adrian Griffin's NBA game looked like. But, uh, yeah, just a good game all around. And, uh, you know, hopefully you see some of this as the Raptors go on this road trip. There will be some more obviously tough opponents offensively. But uh, look, if the Raptors play defensively at the intensity and at the cohesion that they do tonight, and then, of course, they get out in transition and capitalize over that, that's the whole vision of the team. So, you know, if there's one thing you got to do tonight, it's obviously rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. But besides that, if there's one thing you got to do tonight, watch the highlights and just sort of, like, memorize them in your brain because this is what you're going to be seeing from the Raptors for, like, five, six years, you know, like, continuously. Like, this is this is the blueprint. This is... 
not the blueprint because that makes it sound like it was that big of a win. I mean, it's being the Hawks in October on 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 uh, you know Halloween. It's it's fine. I don't want to gas it that much, but the style of play and the advantages they created that's the vision. So you know, keep that in mind. But uh, thanks everyone for listening. Rate, review, subscribe. We are in the top ten of the podcasting charts, and we're going to keep it that way. The only basketball podcast. In the Canadian sporting podcast charts, uh, that is in the top 10. Literally everything else is hockey. So, or maybe football, I guess. But, you know, yeah, I'm proud of it. And really, I'm, I'm you know, very happy and very proud that uh, people continue to show love to the show. So, you know, do so by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. And um, I'll be back after the next game. I'll obviously be back on the Raptors show Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. And, uh, yeah, good vibes from tonight's game. 